Welcome to the Akiyama Brothers Song to Screen podcast, where two film composers from Southern California talk about music in film and theater. In this episode, Mark and Lennon talk about the hottest new movie, The Black Panther. Find out more at AkiyamaMusic.com. Hey, Mark. Awesome. Hi. How's it going? Good. Uh, I'm a little tired, so I might be kind of quiet in this episode. I just got back from the Bahamas for a work trip. So, you know. Woohoo. Hey, man. <laughs> you know, when work calls, you got to go wherever you need to. Yeah, whatever. You get no sympathy from me. <laughs> That's fine. What did you do? How was your weekend? I heard you did something really cool last week. It was good. Uh, there was a really cool event that I went to. It was, uh, was it the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And Variety had an event with the 2018 Oscar-nominated songwriters. And they had Bill Withers there uh, moderating, kind of. So he was... He was really funny. He had a lot of cool stories. He's the guy who wrote Lean On Me and a whole bunch of other like really popular songs, really yeah. big hits. Um, so he's kind of a legend. And um, they also had uh, Common was there with Diane Warren because they wrote a song for Marshall, the Marshall movie. Uh, Pasek and Paul were there over Skype because they were in New York uh, for The Greatest Showman, uh, This Is Me song. And then Tara Stinson was also there. She wrote one of the songs for the Mary J. Blige movie, Mudbound. Um, yeah, they basically told stories of how they wrote the songs, um, how they even got attached to the movies and everything. And then Bill Withers had tons of funny stories. Uh, anyway, there's a couple of videos, yeah, on my Instagram if you want to see of of them talking and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you got something really funny from Bill Withers. Um <laughs> Like, yeah, one of his stories was uh, everybody comes to me asking me about how I, you know, think about structure of a song and everything. He was like, I don't know, I don't know C sharp from F street, and I don't know how I do it, and <laughs> I don't know want to, I don't want to know how I do it. I just do it, and then so he was a really funny guy, and he's uh, yeah, yeah, he sounds really cool and humble, a lot of uh, wisdom, yeah. So that was a fun event. Yeah, I wish I could go. Could have gone to that because that sounds cool. Did you get to meet any okay of them? Next time. Did you meet any of them? Say hi. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm. Mm-hmm. But well, I guess you didn't really get to fun. say hi to Pasek and Paul. There's a lot of people because they were on Skype. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were only there for about I don't know 15, 20 minutes, so they were busy. Oh. And then the Coco Coco uh, songwriters, the Lopez the Lopez's, they weren't there either. They were, I guess, Frozen's about to open, I think, on Broadway. So they're over there uh, finishing up working on that. Oh, that's cool. Or actually, it might have opened already. I'm not sure, but yeah. Oh, well, congrats to them. Yeah, so that's exciting. Anyway, what do we uh, want to start talking about today, the movie? Well, first off, I wanted to mention that we started a newsletter. Oh, um, yeah. So... Let's see, you can sign up to for that on our website, akiyamamusic.com. And it's basically just more information on, you know, what Mark and I are doing, um, kind of more information on the this week's episode for the podcast. And it comes out on the Mondays that the podcast comes out. So it's kind of a, a two-pairing, a tandem item. Uh, just something to really say thank you to you guys, our audience members. Um, we really appreciate all that you guys have done for us, you know, listening uh, every other week to our episodes, giving us feedback, rating us on iTunes, even writing reviews on iTunes. We're getting oh, some... Yeah, there's some funny reviews on there now. Yeah, there are. <laughs> I mean, like, good funny reviews, not <laughs> making fun of us. That would be terrible. Well, I mean, we make fun of ourselves all the time, so... <laughs> um, but yes. I can take it. You can't take it. I so can I'm take it. To help you I, out. I have thick skin. <laughs> I have thick skin. Thank you for covering the blow for me, though. Um, but, yeah, we just want to say thank you, guys. And this newsletter is another way for us to do that. Um, so if you want to, sign up for it. Go ahead. It's right on our website. Uh, there's a sign-up form right at the bottom if you scroll down all the way to the homepage. Um, and, you know, we'd love to say hi. And give you some extra information and stuff. So Yeah. 
So the Oscars were just last night too. So I guess you want to check to make sure, see what our predictions, if our predictions were right or anything. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Um, Does the let's... excited tone in my voice give it away that we were uh... pretty much right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does. Ah, you know, I I, I kind of wish we were wrong. <laughs> okay, so okay, the winner for who was it? Let's do best original score first. Okay, best original score. Guess who it was? It well, was you know who know, it, was. it was. Yeah, it was Shape <laughs> of Water. Alexander Desplat won. Uh huh. Which congratulations to him because he did a really good job on this score. He did. I liked it. Yeah. So yeah. remember that was the one we said we'd be happy would win or if it did win, but we did want Dunkirk to win Hans yeah. Zimmer. Just because we feel we felt like Dunkirk kind of stretched the limits um, for storytelling, you know, taking it, it to the pushed, next level. Yeah, yeah, pushing it, pushing the boundaries. It really. merged music and storytelling and film and cutting. It just pushed it a little further than uh, what's normally. Except or what's normally done. No, yeah, tried to go for. Um, yeah, well, that go that also that's also because Christopher Nolan kind of did push it or did write it like an indie film and outlined it out with the three timelines and everything, and then so that set Hans Zimmer up to really go for something different and yeah, that's true. But and merge the sound design with the with the score, which was really cool. But yeah. I mean, we're not trying but to Shape discount... Shape of Water was very good also. Yeah, we're not trying but to we discount were... Shape of Water at all because I was pretty impressed with that score. That he yeah, did a really good really job. Yeah, pretty melodies. Um, like when they were playing the Oscars playback music. Yeah, it was always it was always the main title theme with the whistling. Yeah, I was always whistling the theme. Oh, yeah. a bit of, bit of thing I read about that is... Remember how we were talking about the whistling? Mm-hmm. It turns out they brought in like a professional whistler. Um, but he sounded too perfect and it didn't sound like there was no human quality or no emotion. So yeah, that's why Desplot plot ended up doing the whistling for it. Okay. Cause he's a crappy whistler, I guess. And that's what, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Crappy whistling. Well, if that's crappy whistling, then mine has got to be, he had a lot of vibrato you know, six feet under a lot of control crappy. on that whistling vibrato. Yeah. yeah. He was really good. I, man, I really wish I could whistle like that. I might well, you just start practice. Yeah, keep yeah. practicing. Sure, sure. I'll have to go to a coach, a whistling coach, just to learn. Um, but anyway, other than that, Shape of Water also won on production design, and they won the director and best picture. Best picture, yeah. I was gonna say that's like the the main achievement, right, for the Oscars. The yeah, big, that's the you, big ending yeah. award. Um, yeah, where have you been for ninety years? I was only. Uh, That's well, why it's the for last most award. of it. I haven't been here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, what was the other category we talked about? Oh, best original song. Yes. Yeah, and I was talking about I. I went to that. Uh, was it Songwriters Hall of Fame and Variety event with the songwriters that showed up there for mm-hmm. the Oscars nomination? So yeah, who ended up winning that one? That was Coco. Remember me, the Christian the Lopez. Yeah, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, which. Coincidentally, they weren't at your singer-songwriter session. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I don't have any inside information about mm-hmm. the, how they wrote the song or any... Because unfortunately, they were busy on Broadway. Yes. Yeah. But, but we did predict that that one was probably going to win, even though... Did you see Kayla Settle's uh, This Is Me performance? Um, it was so good. <laughs> I actually you didn't do- see it. I dozed off during that part. What? I <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> I did. No. It's really late here, and oh, I, that's true. I'm an old person, and <laughs> so that was the one part. I think I slept through it that. It was really cool, though. And they did another a, segment. Let me just talk a little bit about. Okay, this is me. They did. So they had two uh, traditional snare drummers mm-hmm. um, on stage with them. They had the pianist on stage, the guitarist on stage, and everything else. And then they had a whole bunch of uh, the the other dancers and the background vocalists, the choir, or choir, uh, the singer, other singers accompanying Keala. Of course. They were all on stage, and they did some really cool lighting tricks with them that coincided with the, the drum beats, yeah. the, the big thunderous hits. And they did, they kind of did a different arrangement than the movie, which was nice. It was 
um it was really it was close to the movie but they also did an arrangement thing where the music would drop out and they did some really cool acapella harmonies like in the middle a bridge in the middle and then at the ending also they did that and it was it was really good and the the camera work too was pretty good because they followed keala keala around pretty well like when she turns around in the movie and they Mm -hmm. do the slow motion part and she sings a verse they did that kind of thing okay also like the camera followed her but obviously the people weren't in slow motion but yeah I'm still kind of. That was a really good performance. I'm kind of at odds. Why would "Remember Me" win over "This Is Me"? I don't know. Because they did a performance for "Remember Me" also, and it wasn't very memorable. Also, Rodrigo from Mozart in the Jungle can't really sing that well. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. He was pretty shaky on the Oscars. Yeah, he was kind. He was just kind of like sliding into the melodies and. Yeah. sliding in and out of the notes and i was like oh okay. yeah but this is me did get a really big applause so i was yeah, kind of surprised that they didn't win okay so i woke up at it the sounded sta- like they had all the i woke up at the standing everything. ovation they got the standing after the song yeah they like got during the, the announcement no they got the standing ovation after the song oh after yeah the performance so that's when i because theirs is so emotional yeah see so it it i think i think the academy messed up on this one and it had a really good message yeah yeah, well, yeah. I'm. You know, it might have been only two votes. Like, if we were in the academy, it'd be mine and your vote that oh, so could it's have swayed our fault it because we're not in there yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so close. Next time. Yeah, but Kayala had a really good performance. Holy cow! And then she also did. She was on one of those Walmart box commercial things. Oh yeah, yeah. she was. And then. Even though Hans Zimmer did not win, <laughs> did you see his commercial? No, I didn't. Which which okay, one was I'll that? I'll send it to you. Actually, we'll put a link to Hans Zimmer's Walmart box commercial in the show notes. Okay. It's really good. Um, he's in his studio, like trying to figure out something, um, and then he's having a hard time. And then guess what? A percussionist comes in, starts playing on the. Well, I don't want to give anything away. Sorry, but a percussionist basically saves the day, as always. Oh, <laughs> leave it to us to fix everybody's problems. Sure, Mark. Thanks. Thanks. We carry the weight of the world. <laughs> we're the we're the backbone, the heartbeat of the band. Oh, oh, well, the heartbeat. You're the the drum that keeps on beating. Without us, there's you can't you can't have a band. Yeah. Okay. Nothing well, works. Sure. So apparently, Hans Zimmer can't write without a percussionist. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> If he's listening, yeah, I take it all if, back. If you're ever in an interview with Hans Zimmer, just be like, yeah, you, you'd need me. I'm a percussionist. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my my elevator sales pitch. Hi, Mark Akiyama, percussionist extraordinaire. Yeah. You'll save the day. <laughs> just give me a box. You'll get it when you watch the commercial. So okay. watch the commercial. It's in the show notes link. Okay, yeah, I got to watch that too. But speaking of Hans Zimmer, um, they won for Dunkirk, won for sound mixing, sound effects, and film editing. So in a way, Hans Zimmer did kind of win because yeah. sound edit- or sound sound design was... Yeah, sound mixing and sound effects. Very close. Well, mixing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those two, they married those two really well in the film, so I see why those two, they won those two awards. Um, still think they should have won original score. But that's just me. And yep. oh, well, probably Mark easy. too. <laughs> <clears throat> no comment. Yeah, but hey, if you guys want to comment, let I'll us know. I'll settle for a commercial too. I would settle for a commercial. It's fine. Yeah, I'd actually really like to hear what you what you guys think, the rest of us who are listening. Um, who should have won, whether you like who won. And yeah, just tell us why. Yeah, but keep it to the, the music categories because... There's yeah. so many categories we could get into. I mean, <laughs> it was over three hours long. That was I know, it's very spectacularly long. long. And if we keep talking about this any longer, our podcast is going to be really long too. So let's move okay. on to That's true. what we're what are we talking about today. So this week, yes, we are definitely talking about the Black Panther. Um, and the score. Yeah, and the score. Mostly the score. A little bit about the film too. Uh, so it was directed by Ryan Cooler. Is it is it Coogler or Cooler? Ryan Cooler. Okay. Okay, that's yeah. why. I, that's... And then this Ludwig Goranson composed the score. Uh, 
So these two have worked together before. They've done Creed together, uh, the Michael B. Jordan movie, who's mm-hmm. also in this, in uh, the Black Panther. Um, but they, the director, Ryan Cooler and uh, Ludwig Goranson, the composer, they started working together. I think they met at USC. Yeah. And they like started doing the student his student films together, and then they've just been a great team working together ever since. But this is this is Ludwig's uh first superhero movie he said. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of nervous about that. So he what did he do? Like he took a couple months off or something to travel around West and South Africa to study the instruments yeah. and Yeah, he took about 2 months um to travel around Western and Southern Africa. Um he he met up with a guy a Grammy-winning artist from Senegal called Baba Mall. Did some touring with him for a month. Um, and Baba Mall, he's featured on one of the, I think the third track of the of the score, on the soundtrack for Black Panther called Wakanda. And mm-hmm. yeah, so Gorenson, that first month he traveled and toured with Baba Mall. And then the second month, he just spent time recording kind of Baba Mall's um, his friends and yeah, his their friends. instruments and everything, and yeah, and by the time he was done, he had like a library of five hundred instruments that that he yeah, could so he had a from. lot of stuff to work with, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is actually interesting because the he said the first cut of the film was like four hours long, and they he scored the whole thing with the instruments that he recorded and everything to see how how it would fit and how like start experimenting with what instruments to use for what characters and everything. Yeah. And the feel of the movie. Yeah. And they didn't use a temp track. I read, um, wait, wait, what's a temp track when they first cut the movie. Okay. Yeah. So a temp track is, uh, like when, uh, they're editing a movie together, the music editor or the editor will add like a temporary score, temporary, like they'll pick pre-existing music from other movies and stuff other scores or whatever they they can have access to um to help them cut the film and like kind of get the the right tone for the scene or whatever or even to for tempo or for to hit different beats in the scene or to um even if they like certain combinations of instruments or whatever just to kind of help them edit the film and to give the composer a idea of where what they're thinking for the movie or for the scene or whatever um which is i don't know it's kind of a good and bad thing a lot of composers really don't like having temp tracks yeah i could see how that'd be annoying the directors and everybody get attached to the 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 temp track because they hear it so many times when they're editing and everything so mm-hmm. it becomes hard for them to kind of break like, that bring mold. new ideas right yeah bring new ideas or to try and f- get the the team to go in a different direction for the score that they want to write but yeah but for this one they didn't use it a temp track at all and so the first the first cut four hours long he just scored it with the instruments he recorded and everything so yeah which is kind of an interesting way to do it but so that was a long story just to tell you he had a lot of recorded instruments and a lot of material to work with (laughs) yeah four hours long (laughs) from his trip for the first cut four hours long that's like twice as long as a whole movie combined um so yeah yeah, he said he spent like I think twelve months working on the score. Yeah, he, uh, because they're friends. Ryan Cooler brought him in really early, like when he was writing the first couple of drafts of the script. So uh, to give him, so he could start working on the music, and that's when he decided to take off and take a yeah take off and go to Africa to to learn about the instruments and everything. And yeah, so. Which yeah, I think he really dove into it. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool because it you know ends up helping everybody else in the production. Kind of, he said this was his first time uh, ever researching or dealing with African music and African mm-hmm. instruments and everything and rhythms and ceremonial chants and stuff. But yeah, because I think he so he tried to do a ton of research. Yeah, I think he did a good job because he went to. I was reading he went to a library in South Africa called the International Library of African Music, and that's where he got most of these rhythms and the instruments um, from this library. Oh, yeah, he said 
Yeah, he said there's a ton of like rare instruments that you've never heard that are in that library. And yeah, yeah. I and guess he had got access to it. Well, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they? Like, hey, I'm filming this Marvel movie. So I don't know. I think it, I think it's cool that they brought him on early. So yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah, composers like that because mm-hmm. usually they're brought in at the like one of the last people to be brought in. So they're scoring the movie when edits are or the most of the films cut together, but they're still editing stuff and changing stuff right up until the release date. Yeah. So it's can be stressful, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. so it's nice when you get a lot of time to work on the movie and develop you know, the musical ideas and experiment with learning new rhythms and instruments and everything. Mm-hmm. And like he came up with the musical idea for the Killmonger theme and he recorded, I think the majority of it with a Fula flute. Um, is that one of the first, the first tracks he did? I think. Yeah, that was one of the first tracks he did. And then he ended up sending that, that track to Michael P. Jordan, who plays Killmonger in the film. And, and Michael used that to help him prepare for his role. Oh yeah. As like I read the, that somewhere. Yeah. As the main villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that, in that, let's just start talking about the tracks and the music. Then cool. The well, you talking about the Fula flute? Yeah. It's also also called the the Tambin flute. Um, it's like a wooden. It's made from a vine. It's a West African instrument. It's like a long wooden flute. There's um, there's not many holes in it either. No, but it's pretty um, hollow. Yeah, and it's a it's a big. It's a big vine, um, but the sound it has is kind of like a, like a ghostly, windy kind of sneaky kind of sounding thing. Ooh. It has sort of an afterlife quality to it. Um, so he Ludwig used that for Killmonger to kind of uh, touch on the um, like his distant ties to Wakanda, sort of thing, and. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds a little more, and it's the instrument itself sounds a little more sinister than what they used for T'Challa. Yeah, yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute. But you um, sneakster Killmonger. But then in like the second half of that, in the the Killmonger track, um, because uh, he grew up not in Wakanda, but here he um, yeah in Oakland, California he uses. Uh, like a trap hip hop style becomes more prominent with like low strings as the bass notes and everything. And then the flute kind of switches to like a more improvisational kind of flourishing thing on top of the, on top of the hip hop trap, trap beats and stuff. Yeah. So kind of like adding embellishments, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. Which I don't, were any of those, the elements of the Killmonger's track used, like between Kendrick Lamar's uh like soundtrack for it um not that I know of I think because I know his th- soundtrack was kind of yeah it was either I the, mean some of the songs are in the movie but it was inspired it by Black Panther Kendrick Lamar's album yeah okay. um wow shoot what was I gonna say I think oh yeah yeah Kendrick Lamar he makes references to Killmonger from the movie in his songs. Um, I think there's one like there's a, there's a few of them where I think Kendrick Lamar kind of, he tries to embody that struggle between T'Challa and Killmonger. Um, so where he makes like, Oh, tra- you're talking about like tradition versus, is that what you're talking about? No, that wasn't what I was talking about. Okay. Um, but yeah, Kilm. Um, well, sorry, was it Lamar? Um, I think the main two songs that are in the film are Ops, like where during the Korean chart, Korean car chase, and Pray for Me in the casino in Korea. Um, oh which yeah, was, which was done by in the chasing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pray for Me was done by the Weekend and Lamar. Um, but like the innovation versus tradition. It's kind of what the director Cooler was going for, Ryan Cooler. Um, he kind of 
that's that's I guess that's a main theme yeah. going throughout the movie, like uh, the 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 general arc between uh, that T'Challa takes, played by Chadwick Boseman. Um, yeah. So like the whole time, T'Challa's struggling to find this right balance between everything that his father's and the previous ancestor, the kings that have done before him, and you know um, what he has to do to kind of survive and 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 keep and help protect Wakanda yeah yeah well that whole tradition thing also kind of goes with the music because for in Wakanda the Wakanda track one of the the main instruments that represents um T'Challa King T'Challa at this point uh King T'Challa is the is the talking drum the West African talking drum and so that in that track one of the cool things was Ludwig had like six players. Well, okay, so a talking drum, I should explain what the instrument is first, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's should. like this. It's a um how big is it? It's about like meh. We it can't can we can't foot. see that. <laughs> okay, so I'm like holding you, my hands. When up. you hold your hands, the, we can't see that. <laughs> it's about like a I don't know, maybe 18 inches long over a foot. Um, okay. So it's got two, two, two skin heads on each side of the drum, and it's shaped like an hourglass, sort of. So you have the cones on both sides, and then there's strings that run from the top to the bottom holding the, the two heads on. And you hold it under your arm, um, and you squeeze it against your side to change the pitch of the of the heads because when you squeeze the the strings it tightens the heads on top and then when you hit it with the stick you can the stick is like a bent sort of elbow l shape thing like a boomerang no yeah sort of yeah <laughs> kind of but like a mallet with a, a round ball at the end sort of thing okay or a rounded wooden it's it's carved a carved stick and then okay that makes more sense so then. So it's like a talking drum because when you squeeze the the strings, you can mimic the the changes of tone in a voice and the uh, like how a human voice sounds and the what's it called? Not articulation. The um, the highs and lows. Um, mon- the yeah. What the heck is that called? What am I? Looking what's the for? opposite what's the of monotone? Um, the natural cadences, I guess, in a yeah, voice. Yeah, and like the the flow of a voice of a voice. Yeah. Which is cool because there's a little trick you use. Well, I'll talk about it later, but what? I was going to say that say? it just looks like it's hard to play because you're squeezing it and then are you using well, both? Well, you just, you just squeeze your arm against your body and you, with the drum in between and, and playing. <laughs> yeah, like I, how does the drum not slip out? That's what I'm trying to imagine. It's not a big drum. It's it's small in diameter, but it's oh, tall. Okay. Yeah, so he had six, or he, the way the track is set up is he layers, uh, he keeps layering these talking drum, six talking drum players on top of the rhythm, like, uh, how's it go? Uh, except the tone changes as, because the instrument, you, it's a top talking drum so the pitch kind of goes higher and stuff <laughs> it's hard to explain without without you being able to see what i'm doing right um so yeah he layered those those drums and then there's a solo talking drum on top of it who's playing like embellishments and flourishes and stuff and then all that stuff drops out and then he he does this cool thing where he incorporates t'challa's name into the music with the talking drum T'Challa so T'Challa has like you know three syllables so it's T'Challa yeah and then so he keeps repeating that that's like an isolated solo thing right there and Mm then um, in the track in the Wakanda track so whenever you hear a group of three notes like that um with the talking drum, it's like a high pitched. It's higher pitched than most of the other, um, most of the other talking drums playing and stuff, so it stands out and really pops in the score. Um, but 
So when you hear like a group of three like that, da da dum, T'Challa, that's Ludwig uh, incorporating T'Challa's name into the score, and and it it, ha- it occurs a lot in a lot of the tracks. So you can pick it out easily, and it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's a nice little touch he had, I thought, because it is a talking drum, so <laughs> you can say things like that. Literally, you can say stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, he, who did he, like the storytellers, the West African historians that he learned. Oh, all these rhythms all from? The, the history from, yeah. and Yeah, I think they're called griot. Um, it's like a, it's a traditional, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just his family that's focused on the traditional music. Um, and just their and they old, pass it on through like oral storytelling and poems and stuff. Right, so and, it goes down their bloodline. Um, yeah. So that's how all these like this this these seven hundred year old year old uh, rhythms are still alive today. Yeah. Which is you know it's pretty cool. I don't think I don't yeah. know if there's anything else today that's uh, passed down orally anymore. You know, is it most of, most of it's Maybe like nursery rhymes <laughs> for us? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, sure. We'll go with Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Oh, yeah. And then the solo talking drum was performed by the Sengalese player, Masamba Diop, I think is how you say it. Okay. Uh, one of the guys that that Baba Mall introduced Ludwig Gordonson to. Oh, okay. That was just a little... I found it in my notes. That's why I'm saying it now. So just a <laughs> shout out. Yeah. Here you go, guys. <laughs> to the solo talking drum player on the Wakanda track. <laughs> and probably the whole rest of the score. Yeah, everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, but then to add more weight to that score, he also added uh, non-African instruments, more orchestral Western stuff. He mm-hmm. added like 808 drums playing the same rhythm as the talking drums. Um, and then... Wait, I have a- uh, to to thicken it up and beef it up because this is when this track is when the wait what were you gonna say you have something keep going okay I will continue then this track keeps <laughs> is playing when the um uh when we first see Wakanda and then the the what is it their jet or whatever I don't know what it's called their like triangular alien looking ship yeah flies over Wakanda the spaceship Bugatti. Yeah, Basically. so you see the wide the wide flyover shot and um so when that happens they uh Gorenson adds like a whole horn section to make it more royal and to like kinda signify um like the, Royalty. the glory that he's returning to that yeah. he now rules over. Um and that's the first time we see Wakanda, so the the horn section plays the ba ba bum ba ba bum da 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 da. Yeah, wait, Mark, um, could you play that melody for us on the piano? Uh, yeah, it goes like. I think I, I know what you're talking about now. Wait, I had a question. Let's back up a little bit. What's an 808 drum? I'm not the percussion oh. major. You are, so that's why it's I'm like, asking. It's just the. Uh, it's just a standard hip hop low, like sampled, like a heavy processed bass drum kind of sound. Oh, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So they he the. That sample was playing the same rhythms as the talking drums. Okay. To kind of beef it up because the talking drums take up kind of a higher register and then the 808 is like way below. So it's, yeah, they're covering a wide, wide spectrum of frequencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah, that actually would beefing it up a lot. And they recorded the horns um, at Abbey Road Studios. They took two weeks and recorded like a, whole 92 piece orchestra and a 40 piece choir um and wow. then yeah that's impressive 
Abbey Road Studio. That's on top of like the instruments they recorded in Africa. Mm-hmm. One of the things though he said was the like the problem he was running into was how does once you put like production and an orchestra on top of African music, it tends not to sound like African music anymore. <laughs> so he was always like constantly battling trying to make sure that the the African instruments he recorded and the the themes or the instruments that coincide with the characters in the film that those were always um standing out in the score even when the orchestra was playing below them and supporting them. So he's trying to make make sure that the orchestra and the the electronic instruments also were uh, like the processed instruments were not taking precedent over the African instruments. Right. So all the additives were more complementing the African instruments and the African melodies. Yeah. yeah. Which that, that also goes into the innovation versus tradition. Um, yeah. Uh, theme that we have, <laughs> which is, I, I think that's, yeah. What is it? T'Challa's theme is to me it sounds more traditional to more mm-hmm. traditional um african music is that the the royal talon fighter track yeah yeah i think what is that track score? is that track number two on the uh, yeah, score two. album yeah yeah and then you know compare that to what eric killmonger's theme which is very much more processed in hip-hop and um yeah yeah well, so in the What's it in in T'Challa's theme, the the Royal Talon fighter track? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, they use uh, like in addition to the talking drum stuff, they use uh, what's called it's like a African marimba. It's called the jeel, and it's it's from Ghana, and it's like a tuned. It's a small little. Uh, how do I explain this? I don't know. It's like a well, if you don't know what a marimba is, it's hard to play. <laughs> you don't it's, use your hands because you can't see it. I know. Okay, it's like a piano. It's a tuned, a tuned percussion instrument with like so wooden a, bars. A pitched drum. It's not a drum. It's a keyboard instrument. Oh, like okay. you play it with mallets, and it's a keyboard mallet instrument. And then it's it's a small thing. You like rest it on the floor, and you you sit on the floor to play it with with uh, mallets and what's special about this is it has uh, gourds underneath all the bars, all the wooden bars. So, and then the gourds have holes in it and then the holes are like covered with uh, like a spider egg membrane. And when you hit the key, yeah, (laughs) when you hit the key, it, it makes like a buzzing sound. Uh, so you get a tone and you get a buzz, like a yeah. And then you wake <laughs> like, up the spiders they, inside the gourd, and they come and eat your flesh off. No, it's like a it's like a a white little papery material covering the holes. Okay. <laughs> um, but so that instrument, the the jeel, is also used in in that track for uh, what is it? What's his name? T'Challa. T'Challa. His more Wakandan roots and his uh, traditional instrumentation. Okay. And then there's also like, I heard, I'm pretty sure I heard like a shaker A in there. It's like a African shaker. It's a bigger gourd with um, like woven beads around the around the gourd. So when you when you um, shake the, I'm, I'm like playing yeah, it. You're, you're still, <laughs> you're still moving your hands. I'm still mimicking it. Um, it's a, a really sharp, like kind of attack, like a kind of thing. Right. Um, so yeah. So that's also in there. What the beads are like on the, on this knitting. The beads are on the outside of the gourd. Yeah. It's a knitting yeah. outside that encompasses yeah, It's the like gourd. a net of beads covering the gourd. And then when you shake the gourd, it makes a yeah. And then you can play a bunch of rhythms on that too. It's a really percussive, um, sharp attack kind of instrument. You want to talk about his dad, T'Chaka? 
Because you're talking about ancestral plane. I am. Yeah, his dad T'Chaka. He also has a special, kind of more of a special, not so much traditional African music theme. More um, is that one leans more on the side of like an orchestral. Um, yeah, like tender strings, like a prelude and, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was I like that though. What they did in that one. Yeah, it was a really. It was a really uh, pretty melody. A, you're talking about at the ending of that track? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, they used the orchestra for that to kind of highlight like a more traditional magnificence and like a more reverential kind of sound. Um, with it's all, I think it was mostly the string sections. Yeah. I, I have to check. But, um, and I'll play the, here, I'll play the melody or the, the part we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It goes, uh, it was like really bold strings, like playing in unison. Uh, I'm talking about the ending string section. It's like a huge gesture, but it doesn't feel like forced or manufactured at all. And it's kind of grand, but it's really like the separated string notes and everything is mm-hmm. yeah, that because, like really st- stood out in the music that they had a very like kind of classical orchestral fanfare kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Kind of more like Western music then. I forget what the beginning of the track, how that started. It it's, wasn't, it's it, kind of, it's, it, what is it? it? It's kind of ethereal. Yeah. Um, um, with the flute and the, yeah, because you're transitioning kind from of afterlife thing. Yeah, right. You're transitioning from reality to the ancestral plane, where T'Challa sees his dad to T'Chaka, and then like first time since he died, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also that happens when Killmonger sees his dad. I can't remember his name, but it's T'Chaka's brother. But T'Challa's ancestral plane was a lot prettier than yeah. Killmongers. Yeah, <laughs> like T'Challa's everything. Yeah, poor his, guy. his whole music is super refined, um, um, polished. Yeah, yeah, polished, royal, and then Killmonger's edgy. Yeah, Killmonger's not as, is not very as manic. edgy and, and rough. Yeah, manic. manic. Manic is a good word yeah. for it. Yeah, I'm just angry. Yeah, anger, angst. Killmonger smash. Yeah, which it's it's weird because Killmonger he doesn't get a reprise at the end. We ended up just hearing the general Wakanda. You hear Wakanda, theme. yeah, the Wakanda melody. Yeah, because he's sitting with T'Chaka. Mm-hmm. I mean T'Challa. T'Challa, yeah, sitting with T'Challa, yeah, yeah. Because it kind of it comes to a resolve where T'Challa now knows. Okay, I need to, um, I need to do something to fix kind of my ancestors' errors. And, their and, mistakes on yeah, like turning yeah. their back and isolating yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of bring bring Wakanda out of the shadows and into the world. And also, well, also him playing the Wakanda theme kind of makes you feel like uh, T'Challa accepts uh, Killmonger that they are related and that the... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Their ancestors are connected and he does have a right to be in Wakanda and everything. Yeah. Should I talk about the other instruments I use? Yeah, please do. There's just a few other drums that I wanted to talk about. There's the, the djembe African drum. Um, djembe. How do I explain this? It's a uh, high pitch, um, high pitch, really tight sounding drum really sticks out. You can hear it. It fits in well with the talking drums. It's, um, it's, how do I explain the shape? Uh, it's got a tiny little bass, tiny little round bass, and then it goes up, and then it's got it spreads out into a bigger drum, and then with a another skin head on it, and it's um, the heads hold held on by by ropes also, mm-hmm. and you could tighten the ropes, and the the head is really uh, really tight. It's a there's a lot of tension on the head, and it gives it that really bright poppy sound and it's good for a lot of fast like solo 
um, articulations and embellishments and stuff. And so you hear that pop out every once in a while, especially in like the, the fight scene, fast paced music during the, I think it's the, I forget the name of the track, the casino scene. Oh, or Akoya's fighting. Casino. It's called Casino Brawl. Yeah, in track yeah, number ten. Yeah, where she's fighting, where where Akoya's oh. fighting, um, with the the Wakandan spear, the traditional, even though it's it's a traditional weapon, but it's made of vibranium. So there's a again the mix of like traditional versus innovation, um, innovation. Yeah, but so you hear the the djembe kind of pop out through there, and then um, that's also they use the yip. The yip chanting there too for her. Yeah, that's mostly mostly um, featured in her theme. Yeah, they had like a whole chorus of. I think they recorded them. They recorded them in Africa, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to say Gorenson. No, I'm pretty sure Gorenson recorded that those yips in in Africa during his two month stay. Um, and it, it fits Okoya because she's more of a traditional um, Wakandan. So she thinks in the scene that she's wearing a wig, and her, her tribe, yeah, they yeah her, their heads for, mm-hmm. um, pride and power and yeah, prideful purposes. And so yeah. since wearing since she's wearing a wig, it's considered disgraceful, um, because she's this traditional figure. So that's why she has the traditional yipping, and chanting sound, um, and even her fighting style is, reflects yeah she had how a really, traditional she is. Yeah, and even she had a specific theme too throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Like yeah, in talking about music theme. Yeah, every time you see her there's you hear the chanting. Yeah. And then the the rhythmic drums also, yeah. Yeah. The djembe and, and the dundunes. It's different for Nakia. Um she's more she I guess represents innovation. Um I think cuz Lupita Nyong'o's character. Yeah, thank you. Um, most of the time when we see her, it's like tender strings that we get to hear. Um, that's yeah, that's them. That's Ludwig underlying her relationship with T'Challa, also. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so she also uses more kind of a resourceful fighting style. So like you know, using yeah. her shoe. I forget what track. Yeah, there's also a. Somebody has a kalimba also playing. What is a kalimba? I forget what track it was. Uh, kalimba oh i actually have one here hang on okay yeah so there was a kalimba i can't remember which track it is but a kalimba is a it's a little gourd thing with there's a lot of gourds gourd instruments <laughs> it's a uh, it's got little prongs um, metal um, prongs yeah tuned prongs that you pluck and then you get that kind of sound Yeah, and it, so it has that's a, in there. And it has a hole at the top, so the for yeah, the sound to resonate. Hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like a guitar. Hey, oh the, yeah. Speaking of guitar, there's a track with a guitar in the beginning. Yeah, you're right. Uh it's the um, Wakanda Origins. I think so. That's the very first one. Yeah, I know. I think it's a guitar. Mm-hmm. No, it's a, it's definitely a guitar. It's not in there very much. Is it a nylon guitar, nylon string, or steel? Um, I don't remember, but good question. yeah, I think guitar. It, I think it's nylon. Um, but it's only f- yeah, really, you only hear it in that first song. Yeah, and then and then also it kind of reappears when T'Chaka is confronting his brother in Oakland, California. You know, like. When T'Chaka was... Oh, in the apartment. Yeah, in the apartment. When T'Chaka was still king, um, you kind of hear that guitar just flurry um, and kind of yeah. some some, I don't know, some flourishes. There's also one thing I just remembered, the, uh, the like the ceremonial outcry singing in the beginning of, I think it's the Wakanda track. Uh, I think it's Baba Mall singing it. It I'm is, sure, yeah. It's but, Baba Mall. Oh, he's actually singing in that one. The, oh yeah, because that's how. Wait, wait, wait. That's how he opened all his concerts when he was touring. Yeah, and Ludwig was like following him along and stuff. So he that gave him the idea to use that as an opening for the the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we, we see Baba Mall, or we hear. Sorry, I should say we hear Baba Mall starting to sing 
when they're in their you know, um, spaceship Bugatti. Um, and that's spaceship Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Their uh, Maserati spaceship. <laughs> and I was going to say what Baba Mall is singing about is um, the death of an elephant. Yeah. And, and the elephant kind of symbolizes the death of a king because an elephant is very, yeah, very royal. Chaka just yeah. died. Uh, so it's very fitting f- to hear, you know, this really great voice. I, I really like the way that Gorenson opened up the... Um, the opening the movie yeah the first yeah. time that we see Wakanda is with Baba Mall singing his ceremonial singing yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. and it really sets a tone for the rest of the whole movie it, I think it made it you know so much more special besides adding authenticity it was yeah it was a good uh, it was a good it was kind of a good emotional moment because yeah you see um, T'Challa coming back home. It's not a heroic thing. It's not. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like a very prideful, uh, reverent kind of um, mm-hmm. tone when they're flying over Wakanda for the first time. Yeah. Or for our first time. Because we'd never seen Wakanda before. Right, right. But T'Challa's like, oh, I never get tired of this. Yeah, I'm just looking over my notes, making sure I got everything that I wanted to talk about. I got everything I wanted to talk about. Okay. Well, if you guys haven't seen the Black Panther, I, you know, I strongly encourage you to go see it. It's and pay attention to the music. Yeah, because the music. I Give think the music some credit. This music really stood out from all the other Marvel movies, um, and it's and it's one of the best scores that Marvel's come out with. So anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Um, to the Akiyama Brothers Song to Screen podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us, Mark and I were both on Instagram. You can take a look at our website where you can hear some of our samples, um, like a sample of what we what our music sounds like for for film Stuff scores. We've written. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, um, and if you haven't signed up, please sign up for that newsletter. Continue to review us on iTunes, any other podcast that you listen to us or any other podcast player that you use to listen to us, like Overcast. I'm a big fan of Overcast. Um, Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher's a big one. Podcast being. We're on all of those. Yep. Yeah, so if you want us to hear, if you want us to talk about something, you know, just let us know and reach out. We're happy to talk to you guys anytime and take take your recommendations into consideration. There's a few ones. Some people told us that they want us to review uh, some things on Netflix, which we might be talking about in oh, future yeah. episodes. That'd be fun. We should do that. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, this was a... I like this episode. It was fun to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah, this was a really fun movie just to enjoy. Yeah, I want to go see it again. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess that about wraps it up. Um, We'll talk to you later, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, I'll see you later, Mark, and thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.